Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that we're together as we continue in our series called Christmas at the Movies. And as I was thinking about the direction that we were going to go today, something really began to stir in my heart and mind. I don't often uh, stop and think about this, but I can get really, can can I use the word puzzled? It's confusing to me, and I'm puzzled by the fact that so many people celebrate the Christmas holiday season without ever believing that Jesus was born and that Jesus is the miraculous Savior of the world. In fact, I was doing a little digging. Let let me just read this to you. Barbara Stevens, who uh, works at the Universalist Recovery Church, writes... Did Mary become pregnant without disturbing her virginity? It doesn't matter. Because either way, the Christmas story holds truths that can change our lives. It can either change our lives if we listen, not to the facts, but to the message it contains about love, kindness, and humility. Stories affect us because they stir our hearts. Don't worry about the details, she writes. Just let the words touch you. I was, I was really blown away by that. And I'll tell you why. I had to begin thinking about my own faith journey. Do I believe, do I really believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? Did Mary become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit? Is it myth or miracle? I have to challenge all of us. I think it's good that we rethink that again each Christmas season. That we reconfirm our faith in God from the past 12 months, 11 and a half months, and everything that we've been through. Are we willing to continue to put our faith in a miraculous God because of Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then he isn't the perfect, totally human, totally divine son of God who died on the cross and rose again. In fact, someone that I enjoy reading, pastor and writer Frederick Buechner, he understands the virgin birth much differently. He writes, the virgin birth has never been a major stumbling block in my struggle with Christianity. It's far less mind-boggling than the power of all creation stooping so low as to become one of us. Isn't that awesome? You see, I'm not here to criticize anyone. That's not my goal. My goal is to challenge you in your thinking. Is this Christmas season just a winter fest? 
Is Christmas just a holiday on the calendar? Or is Christmas truly, whether you believe it or not, is Christmas the miracle of the birth of the Son of God? In fact, here's what I think. The details of Jesus' birth really do matter. When Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary, he was not only God, but he became flesh and blood for us. As I've already said, totally human and totally divine, yes, but Jesus is also like us. See, that's why the details matter. Not only is he like us, but he is completely different from us. And it's that combination of the miraculous that not only is the foundation for our Christmas celebration, but it's also the celebration of hope that we can put our faith in Jesus because he truly is the Son of God and the resurrected Savior. Now, if we're going to embrace all this, I want to pull out a word that I think we love until we don't. Okay, can I do that? I love the word believe. I really do. You see it everywhere this time of year. It's uh, posted. It's on every picture. It's, uh, and, and really, I have to tell you, when you look closely, it's in almost maybe actually every Christmas movie. Somehow, whether people don't believe something or whether people do believe in something. Whether it's a movie where they believe in Santa or they don't, or whether it's about truly believing in Jesus as the Savior. I, you know this by now, I'm a Christmas movie Night. I've got my stack. I'm, I'm going to start working through all of that. I've been watching a lot of Hallmark Channel, by the way, with Kay. And here's what comes to my mind is the movie Miracle on 34th Street. It's the old version that I really like. Do you remember the clip where a young Natalie Wood is in the car with her mother and soon-to-be dad? They stop. There's a house. She's got to see it. She tells them, stop the car. But before they stop the car, Natalie Wood has been in the back seat saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But it wasn't until she ran into the house, went through it, it was the exact house she had asked Santa for. Now, you know me, I'm not here advocating for Santa. But I tell you that for me, that movie clip with Natalie Wood in the old miracle on 34th Street, really isn't about Santa Claus, myths, legends, history, all of that. That clip really is a challenge to me. What do I believe? 
can I just really probe your heart a minute? Before we dig into one of my favorite Christmas stories in Scripture, I just want to ask you, what do you believe? Is the birth of Jesus Christ real? Is it myth or legend? Do you have to keep reciting, I believe, I believe, I believe, in order to convince yourself? Or in your heart, by faith, have you made the choice to believe in Jesus? If you're struggling, if you're struggling with your beliefs, that's okay. Glad you came to the message today. I'm going to try to help us, if that's all right. And as I told you, this is one of my favorite stories. It's the story of uh, Joseph. We don't hear a lot about him, but he played a significant role in this whole journey to the manger. And I want to give you, again today, three words that will help frame this uh, understanding of what it means to believe in the miracle of Jesus' birth. And here they are. The three words are this. Listen, follow, and trust. Can we do that together? Listen, follow, and trust. One more time, just so we get it. Listen, follow, and trust. Let me read the passage of Scripture. It comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's move right in to this first key. Can I use that word? The key that will unlock the door to belief. And I think it's important to follow uh, the passage as we move through. And this first insight is powerful. It is listen to God and believe. I really think that you can't separate the two. You can't talk about what you and I believe in with, without really talking about listening to God and understanding what God is saying to us. And that was Joseph. Joseph had a real struggle. So let's do a quick historical look at uh, this backstory. There were three stages to marriage in that day. One, 
uh, there was the pledge of marriage, well, the engagement as we would know it, and this was usually arranged by the parents. Next was the betrothal, or in other words, a ratification of the engagement. And this is very important. It's a great reminder every Christmas of what was going on between Mary and Joseph. They had not had any sexual union. They weren't physically intimate, but by every other standard in that culture, they were married. And the only way this was really going to change was if Mary broke it off, something was wrong, but if they had pledged each other, pledged one another to each other, there was no divorce option, which of course would be followed by the third stage, which was the wedding ceremony. Now, do you see Joseph's dilemma? I laugh about this every time, or at least get a big smile on my face. Because here's what's mind-blowing to me. Mary, at some point, tells Joseph that she's pregnant. That would be difficult to hear no matter what. Because you knew it wasn't your child. Let's really get into the mind of Joseph here. He's disappointed, he's crushed, he's hurt, and I think he's mad. He's angry about it. But what adds fuel to the fire is when Mary looks at Joseph and said, you don't have to worry, honey. The baby is God's. <laughs> Has the woman lost her mind? Is she insane? Would you believe that? If that's what you were told? This is why Scripture's very clear. Joseph did not believe. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe Mary. He didn't believe the whole story. He thought this was a myth. It wasn't a miracle to him. He wasn't excited about it. Can't you relate? Man, I can relate to things like that. Where my, my mind is, is racing because I want to believe. Don't you? Don't you really want to believe that this is true? But we have to listen to God. And that's why it is so important to realize that we're told Joseph considered. It means to, have you ever had this? It means to let your thoughts just spin and spin and spin in your mind. Joseph considered, and in his own human thinking, Joseph made the decision, now watch this, without God. Joseph made the decision without God to quietly divorce Mary. Why? She's insane. It can't be true. It isn't right. And he doesn't want the shame and the scandal of all this. I want to challenge each of us in this first essential key that unlocks the door to believe by faith. As long as you and I are going to go about our own business without listening to God, and by the way, can we just stop a minute to say, listen in scripture, don't just read it. That's the problem. Too many people know how to read it, but they're not embracing it in their own actions 
on a daily basis. Now, we've all struggled with that. That's not just one person or another. We all need to do that. We need to embrace the word of God. We need to listen to dear friends that we trust who are walking with God. We need to pray. But we aren't being asked by God to just consider things and let them spin around in our minds. Instead, even though, listen, these decisions to believe are hard, aren't they? They're a struggle. But we've got to listen and do what God is telling us to do. In fact, that was, that was me many, many years ago. I had become so discouraged in ministry as a pastor that I actually called my dad, who was a phenomenal retail salesman in furniture, and I said to him, Dad, um, how much can I make selling furniture? And he told me, and I said, this is great. Uh, he goes, are you thinking about changing careers? I said, I'm, I gotta do something. I, I just can't do this anymore. All of a sudden, my dad lovingly just said to me, are you listening to God? Have you asked him if this is what he wants you to do? Because every church needs a pastor who's completely sold out, not perfect, but willing to listen to God. Did you see what decision I made? If I'd have left the ministry at that moment, I would have been listening to my own thoughts. But when we listen to God, God beautifully comes alongside us and helps us not only to listen, but here's the next insight. Joseph made the choice to follow God's plan and believe. Okay, so what's our first word? Listen. And what's the next word? Follow. <sighs> Have you ever known the right thing to do and you didn't do it? Don't you love that? Have you, have you ever just said, I know what God wants me to do, but I'm, I'm not going to do it? Now, I, I really can relate to Joseph because... Sometimes I'm stubborn. You? Are, are you ever uh, so confident in your own choices that you've blocked out what God is trying to say? God knew Joseph needed a little help and it was easier to work with him when he was asleep. He wasn't, he wasn't getting through to him when he was awake. So it was easier just to get with him in, in his sleep. And, and God began to work through a dream. And as he's dreaming, there's a couple of things that are really essential. Number one, the first thing that God brings to Joseph's mind is the legacy of his heritage, his own family. The Messiah would be born at, through the line of David. And Joseph, although he knew he was of the line of David, I think Joseph thought, I'm way down the list on God's choices that this Messiah is going to uh, come through my, my specific family uh, lineage. Have you ever thought that maybe you were less in God's eyes? That you didn't really matter? Don't ever think that, please. Don't ever underestimate what God is doing in you and through you. 
regardless of whether other people recognize you or not. It didn't make any sense to choose Joseph the carpenter, not to all of us. In fact, even later on, when Jesus began his ministry, people said to Jesus, isn't this the son of a carpenter? You know what? That was the perfect place to be. Joseph was going to be used by God. Here's another thing. Joseph was to take Mary home as his legal wife. They weren't going to have any sexual union, but he was to go and embrace it with joy. Now, here, here's the thing. When you and I are following God's plan, and we don't like it, can I just get honest about that? When we're following God's plan, and I don't like it, when you are mending a relationship that's hard, when you're making a tough decision to do what God's asking you to do, when God is asking you to step up to the plate and it makes you feel uncomfortable in some area of your life, here's the question God is asking. Will you embrace it with joy? Will you follow me with excitement? And you know what I've discovered? Oftentimes the joy and the excitement doesn't come until after I start with the yes. So Joseph says yes. But there's a little caveat here. God is saying to, to Joseph, and you'll call him Jesus. Now go back to the message where we talked about Zechariah. Zechariah struggled with the fact that he was to call his son John. Remember that? That the, the tradition was to name him after the father, Zechariah Jr. Or, in this case, it should have been Joseph Jr. But the name is Jesus, and there's a reason. Jesus the name literally means Jehovah is salvation. Every time someone said the name of Jesus, they would hear Jehovah is salvation. So Joseph had to follow God and listen because this was part of a greater plan than just his own life. And by the way, that's true for all of us. What's going on in your life is not just about you. It will impact others. But if we're not listening to God and following God, then we're going to make decisions that please us in the moment, and we have to justify them. Then we're going to have to justify them. We're going to have to spin it. We're, we're, we're going to have to tell people it's somebody else's fault that I can't follow God. It's a lie. It's not true. If we're going to follow God, we have to listen to God because the picture is bigger than just us. It impacts all of us. And we've got to embrace it with joy. We've got to be willing to say, yes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to follow God's plan. Joseph was not just going to be Mary's husband. I love this. Joseph was going to be the earthly father of Jesus. Wow. If you thought having children was a big deal in your life, or you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you know, you, you, you're a caregiver for foster kids, Caring for kids on any level is huge. But, how about this? You're going to be the earthly father of the Messiah. Mm. When I think about this, I, I really am uh, struck by a, a, a memory. When my oldest daughter, Melissa, was living in Oklahoma, she was diagnosed with precancerous cells. 
She was devastated. I'll never forget when she called on the phone crying about it. And, and why wouldn't she? In that moment, I, I reassured Melissa. But when I hung up the phone, it's almost like I heard God say to me, do you trust me? Do you really, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to follow? And here's this last key. Are you willing to trust me? See, they all go together, don't they? First, we have to listen to God, not ourselves. Then we have to be willing to follow God's plan. But when the plan gets skewed and it's not our plan, God comes with the question, if it's a myth, I'm not even real, you don't need to trust me. But if it's real, then by faith, we must put the key in the lock. Of, it's the key of trust. Turn the lock, open the door, and believe. Believe the way Joseph did. And, and Joseph wakes up from his dream. I wish I had been there for this. I, I've got a vivid imagination. This is what I picture. Joseph gets up. He runs uh, to Mary. Gives her a big hug and says, Did you know that you're going to, to be the mother of the Messiah? Mary, did you know I had to do it? The song. Mary, did you know? I love that song. Did you know? I believe. I think Mary, as any wonderful woman, reassuring Joe, I think Mary said, did you hear me when I told you that I listened to Gabriel? I'm the one that told you. Maybe she said, finally. No matter what, Here's what I love. He believed. He trusted God. But remember this. It's still nine months. Remember this. It's still nine months that they have to, every day of their lives, trust, I believe. I be not, a, not I believe, I believe, I believe, like the little girl in Miracle on 34th Street. It's I believe. And they, they, they soaked in each other's faith. Because you just can't do this alone. Can I ask you what obstacles you're dealing with right now? Where are your struggles? Isn't this a beautiful time to actually dive into doubt? Isn't this a wonderful time to say to God, it reminds me of the father in the New Testament when Jesus was going to uh, cast out the demon in his son. Jesus said to him, do you believe? And he said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Where are you at? Where are your struggles? But can I just close with this? This is the most important thing. Before any of us are willing to uh, listen to God, follow God's plan, and trust in the plan that God has for our lives, 
we must believe that he loves us. We were known as the billboard church in Pennsylvania. And it was because there was a major billboard on the highway that someone in our church anonymously decided to pay for every month. It was one of those big Lamar billboards. The very first message we put on the billboard, and we tried to be creative and pray and seek God's wisdom, the very first message was simply this. It wasn't our church name. It wasn't our website. It was God loves you, and in bold, bold, big print, believe it. God loves you, believe it. I received uh, an email from a woman named Judy. She said, um, Pastor, I want you to know that I've driven by your billboard uh, probably the 10 times the last four or five weeks for various reasons, going to, uh, uh, to the town to shop or whatever. But she said, I also have been going uh, to get some help. I've been suicidal. And she said, I'm a Christian. I love God, but I'm struggling to believe. But every time I drove down the road, I saw this billboard. God loves you. Believe it. God loves you. Believe it. God loves you. Believe it. She said, I found myself saying it in the car. God loves you. Believe it. God loves you. Believe it. She said, if people would have heard me, it would have been it seemed crazy, but... She said, I said it over and over and over again for weeks. And then one day, miraculously, in my car, I believed it. It wasn't just words on a billboard or something I had been told I needed to embrace, to accept. She said, Pastor, I believed it, and I believe it now. She said, in fact, I know that God saved me by those trips back and forth, reading that simple message. God loves you, believe it. But she said, you know, I think the billboard and your faith as a church also helped save my life. God loves you. Believe it. And if you believe it, it's not a myth. It's a miracle. God's love is the greatest miracle of all. And all we have to do is, listen, follow God's plan, and trust in Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. For all my friends out there that are struggling with doubt, they don't know what to think. They don't know what to, to believe. It's okay to bring all of that to you, Jesus, just the way Joseph did. But God, help us to move beyond ourselves. Help us to decide to put our trust in you. Help us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are working and moving in our lives. And Christmas is about belief. It's not about a myth, it's a miracle that Jesus was born in a manger 
died on a cross, and rose from the grave. God, I believe, and I pray that my friends would believe too. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Wow, what a great season. Hey, watch the old miracle on 34th Street, but just remember, God loves you, and all you have to do is believe. Till we see each other again, have a great week, and take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.